All right, so we've got some staff updates, and uh, we are going to start um, the morning uh, with Eric. Thank you. Okay, so um, I have a short little video to start us off. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Hi, I'm Ann. And I'm a volunteer with Squad, and I volunteer with Quest and Squad. One thing I love about teenagers is the questions they ask. I even think of just last week during squad in our small group, they were asking deep, deep questions like, does everybody go to heaven? How do you know if you're going to heaven? Why are there different denominations? Those are just some of the questions that they asked last week during squad. I love their questions. And another thing I love about working with squad students is building relationships. Those relationships are so cool. And this is the next generation. This is, this is happening. These are the kids. And building those relationships is so cool to answer those questions, to get to know them. That gets me excited. For sure. And I love their energy. I love working with all the kids. Uh, whether there's just a couple of them, maybe 10, 15, or there's like 35 in here on a Wednesday night, this room is always buzzing. Like, it doesn't matter how many kids there are. And uh, same thing, I just love their questions in small group. It's just great to hear what's on these kids' minds and to tell them, you know, things that will encourage them and things that are true from God's word. So if you're sitting there hearing this and it gets you excited, we want you we are actively looking for more volunteers with Student Life. So if you feel something in your spirit and you feel like God might be laying that on your heart, please talk to Eric. Go Student Life! That part was really distorted, so I turned that down. Oh, Good? Good. All right, this is a blooper. We want you. We're... We, I'm so sorry. Right, right, I messed right. up. Okay. Cool. Hey, again, my name's Eric. I am the one of the pastors here at the church, and it is my joy to hang out with students. And I just wanted to take a second. If you are a Student Life volunteer this year, would you be willing to stand up and we could just clap for you? Are there any in here? One, two, three, four. Yep. Let's give them a hand. You guys are a serious blessing to our students and a blessing to me. So really appreciate you guys. Um, as I was thinking, like, what's one th quick thing that I could share with you? I heard uh, from a message this week, and um, it just really struck me as, yeah, this is, this is the culture that we live in, is just that um, when you read Acts, there's the Acts 2 culture where it's kind of Jewish um, religion. It's the day of Pentecost. They give a sermon, and 3,000 are saved. And, um, and then later on, um, Paul goes to Mars Hill, goes to Athens, and there's this Athens culture. And I really believe that in the past, we have been more of an Acts 2 culture where uh, people have grown up with the Bible. They've grown up with Christianity, just like hardwired into them. And we're getting to the point now where it's not really hardwired in. Uh, I have some students that, you know, you can take them 10 miles, and then you've got some students that, you know, have barely ever open the Bible ever. You know, they don't even know about Noah or Adam and Eve. And so it's, it's wild. And it's, but it, it, at the same time, that's challenging, but it's super cool uh, because like what Jennifer was saying in the video, we get a chance to be with them in small groups and answer questions and stuff like that and present the gospel. So I have a couple of pictures that I just wanted to show you guys really quickly. Um, this is Quest, just to kind of give you an overview of what we do. So um, on Wednesdays, they're a pretty full day at Quest, we do an after-school program. And so this is fourth and fifth grade. And the one on the right is us playing dodgeball. That's uh, most of the group. A lot of the ladies don't like to play, so they're, like, watching us or playing games. I bring, like, apples to apples and stuff to the lunchroom. Um, so they're doing that. And then on the other side, that is our, um, our talk time. We do, like, a little game, and then we do a talk. And um, so that's that. Let's go to the next one. These are some pictures from Squad. So this was when we went out and did a service project and raced some leaves, which was super fun um, and challenging because it was a crazy group to keep control of. So this was Squad just a couple months ago. This is Anomaly, some pictures from Anomaly. Uh, so the one on the left, we took 
uh, a chunk of our group to go to Top Golf, which was really fun. So we went there and just hung out. And then the one on the right is kind of a mixed group. Um, and we went ice skating. So was there any more? Oh, okay. I just want to quick uh, touch base on this. One of the cool things that we did this fall was we went through Genesis. And I think it was super awesome. We, you know, there's so much in Genesis and there's so much truth in there. There's so many things that directly apply to, you know, our situation and how, like, much of a Greek culture we're in. It's not Christianized anymore. Um, and so you really have to do the spade work of, of going through Genesis and saying, yeah, it was six literal days. You know, yeah, it was, um, you know, we don't, you know, evolution. We're not a fan, you know, stuff like that. And just bringing those basic things to bear uh, for these kids. Um, we kind of ended doing two weeks on Noah, talking about Noah and the flood or God and the flood. What was going on there? Why did the flood happen? And then God and the ark and God's love and how he provided a way through. So um, I'm just super encouraged. Great things are happening. Uh, one last thing really quickly is when it comes to the DR trip, so our student life is going on a trip to the Dominican Republic. Josh and I are heading this up. It's going to be an awesome trip, and there's 18 of us going, which is super awesome. So I just want to praise God for that. Like, that is so cool. Um, man, and we've got, we have 11 students. So we have plenty of adults, but we have 11 students that signed up on this trip. And, you know, going overseas, that's a life-changing thing. So anyway, that's all I have. Thanks, Eric. Uh, one, yeah, yeah, please. One, one of the things that we want to do uh, is you're, you're going to hear staff updates this morning, but you're also going to hear some of our uh, just quick missionary updates. Uh, and so we've got a, a few of those that are sprinkled in. Um, hey, Maris, welcome. Uh, she'll, she'll tell you why she just got back here in a, in a minute with Kids Life stuff. Um, so uh, we want to sprinkle in some of these uh, missionaries. Now, they're not, all, they're not all the missionaries that we have, but we have three of them that we want to uh, th th you, we want you to hear from this morning. And I said, hey, um, shoot me a video that is one minute long, all right? Um, knowing that missionaries live on missionary time, right? And so I said, one minute. And so you're going to see one guy who's like, he is intensely trying to obey that one minute. And then there are a couple, <laughs> and then there are a couple who said, yeah, we'll see. Um, so the first one that we have is uh, Lila, who is uh, one of our missionaries uh, who is doing the world race uh, this year. And so uh, go ahead and play her video, and, and uh, let's hear from her. Hey, Riverview. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Lila. I'm currently on the field in Craiova, Romania. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys for all of the support in the past year. Um, you guys are making an impact here through making it possible for me to be here, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and I also just wanted to share something that's been encouraging to me recently. Um, so... Here, where we're at in Romania, the population of believers is like 0.5%. So it's very, very low. Um, but we've had the opportunity to partner with a church called Hope Church. Um, and it's really been so encouraging to see like the way the Lord is working through them, even in this area that's really dark and really hard um, to spread the gospel. Um, one of the specific things is some of the youth that we work with are facing persecution for their faith right now um, in their schools and their families, but it's been really cool to watch them um, stand for the Lord and stand firm in their faith, um, even when they are facing like expulsion and threats from their families. Um, yeah, so it's just been so cool to watch them stand firm and to watch them remember that he's worth fighting for every day. Um, but if you guys could be praying for those youth who are being persecuted and also just for the city of Cryova, um, for softened hearts to the gospel and willingness to hear what we have to say. Thank you guys. I'll see you guys in May. Wow, that's awesome. What a statement. He's worth fighting for every day. And that's the first time I've heard that from, <clears throat> I didn't hear that clip before. My name is Michelle Powell and I am the community care and support. And so I get to share a little bit on what that looks like. And it's kind of like all of us up here, though, a lot of different hats. So first we'll talk about the community, what God did last year. And that was launch the community friends ministry. 
which is where we go to Zria Health, and <clears throat> it's a simple ministry of visits. Um, we have, well, this one picture here, that's a Bible study of ladies that wanted to get together, like kind of organically. They're hungry for the word. They all have a story, and we get to get together and share share scripture, share, share songs, share our struggles, and pray for each other, and it's super amazing to see these um, residents just loving each other for the gospel and just loving each other in the midst of of their life circumstances and just um, carrying on and then we have one-to-one visits and um, ladies uh, so since last October when I gave my uh, update sorry there's something going weird with my throat um We've had like several more ladies join the team. So that's been super fun to see God grow that team. So if you're part of that where you go visit every week or nearly every week, depending on life and schedule and sicknesses, because we can't really go if we're having any sort of sickness, um, please stand so we can just thank you for being faithful. Wanda and Sharon, I'm looking at you. Can you stand up a little bit real quick if you go? And Terry, yes. And so I know you ladies don't go for um, any sort of recognition, and I just want to thank you for being faithful. And another awesome thing that I've seen happen is truly there are they, these residents become our friends. If we can't go, we miss them. And when we, go, we get there, we're excited to see them. So I have a few more names um, that I'm hoping to pair if this ministry kind of resonates with you please prayerfully consider it's there's plenty of resources that we go in equipped um, so you're not just trying to figure this out we have resources and each other to support and really we prayerfully show up and God does what he does and it's every time I leave I'm just like wow that was awesome to see him working in in that situation um so, okay, before we go on, the next, what I want to say about the Community Friends Ministry, and I, and I want to, I could tell you a story about every visit almost, but in the last couple months, we have had two residents that we know, not necessarily that we visit, so two residents have passed away in the last four to six weeks. Two of the, one of them um, didn't, we passed, we knew in passing in the halls that he did not have somebody visiting him. And the other gentleman had a friend who visited them. So the reality that we're, why we do not know where either of those gentlemen are with eternity, we do know one of them was hearing the gospel. One of them had somebody praying for him and with him and pointing him to Jesus and reading scripture for him. So we just trust God's working in that space but really it is my heart and desire to have a person for every resident up there um, praying for them and loving on them and just being their friend. So anyway, so the next hat that I wear is women's ministry. So we have um, ladies intersection. That's one of our staples of the women's ministry. Christy Bundy does an excellent job leading that and all the ladies support that. We hear a story from one of our ladies on how God's intersected their life. A few handful of ladies bring the meal. Um, the fellowship is awesome. I love the fact that women can go to something without having to bring something. They can just show up, other than the ones that have volunteered to bring um, parts of the meal. So it's just been an awesome ministry and a great opportunity for fellowship and to invite others too. If gathering is part of the women's ministry, this year we will be doing it in small groups in homes so we can have in-depth discussion. And just, I'm excited about the content this year. It's back to basics. What does it look like to follow Jesus? What if we believe God was going to do what he says he's going to do in the scripture? So just we'll be encouraged and equipped to, to follow just day to day and see what God does. So community concerns. Um, that's kind of another area of ministry. And right now, recently in the recent history, that's been a focus of mine, and I feel God has led me into this space, is to reach out and connect with the residents at the El Rancho uh, trailer park. 
And the AMA, the Ashton Ministerial, is also looking at um, what does it look like to help provide resources, to provide support, to pray for, to love on. And I know Ashland as a whole, is their heart is to help. I compare it to the devastation of the flood. For these families, that's how it, it has to feel. Um, so just if you would pray for that for us, and Wednesday will be a community meeting um, to how can we love and support um, these residents who, who are being displaced. Um, for however you feel about that, the reality is they are looking for an, another lifestyle. Now we can, exciting, God is working on something, right? So when he brings us to a, to a challenge like this, he's often inviting us to something extra that he has for us. So if that's, be praying for that. Let me know if there's any, you know, any way you want to serve. We'll probably be calling for volunteers for moving, hauling, packing. I don't know whating. You know, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. What What is it going to look like to help provide uh, support? And the other area of community concern that we're looking at to grow into this year is the mental health arena. So we can all agree that there, there's people in our lives or even personally that mental health is plaguing our culture right now. So what is our response as a church? How can we step into that space full of grace and truth and pointing them to Jesus So and loving well? So we're really, I'd love prayer for that. Um, we have some exciting things that are being worked on that, I am, that I'm looking forward to see what God does in that space. So again, thank you. Um, I'm blessed to be part of this congregation. I'm blessed to know that when there's a need in our community or even within our congregation that God's people are here saying, what can we do and how can we help? So that makes everything different for, for us in leadership when God's people understand what it looks like to live the gospel. So thank you very much. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle wears all kinds of hats, but her job, like she gets paid to care, right? Like we're, we're all supposed to care, uh, but, but I'll, I'll get a random email from time to time and she'll, she'll bring up this issue. And this trailer park issue was one that just recently came through. And just to, to hear the heart that she has just wanting to care for our community um, is just amazing. So please be praying for that particular, uh, like how do we step into that? Um, how do we walk alongside of people who are in a pretty difficult situation um, who it's not always been easy to start off with and then uh, kind of heaped on a little bit more. So how do we walk alongside of, to have compassion with, and to share the hope of Jesus? So please be praying for that. Thanks, Michelle. All right, so here, here's another missionary that we have. Uh, Wesley, he used to, he used to quasi, um, he used to help with a student ministry here, correct? Um, and was a part of helping to, uh, to minister here in our community. And then God called him to use his brain in, in a significant way. And so here's his, watch how fast he tries to squeeze everything in on this. Go ahead and play that. Hi, Riverview. Wesley Farewell here. I have been a missionary with Riverview that you have been supporting, praying for, and loving since fall of 2020. This is my family, Kara, my wife. We live in Omaha with our three children, Eleanor, Whitaker, and Rosalind. They are five, three, and one, and we are loving it. I just wanted to give you a little quick update. Uh, this is my team. These are chapter directors that I get to coach and, uh, and pour into. I wanted to spend some time on these guys, but uh, time doesn't permit me. So I just, uh, <laughs> suffice to say, I am blessed to be able to minister to guys like Peter, Casey, and Ben um, in what they're doing on their chapter and what they're doing in their lives. Um, I get to encourage and coach them to thrive in their positions. Um, these things are all happening because God is good, and he is on the move. He is at work, so all glory to him. So thank you, Riverview, for partnering with what God is doing through me and through Rocio Christi in this region. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Don't ever say that there's a wasted minute because he squeezed it all in, so... All right. Good morning. I'm Maris, Kids Life Director, and um, I just have a few things. I'm going to try to be quick, too, because why not? Um, let's start by, I just first want to give a huge shout out to 
the rock star team of teachers that I have um, every week serving with your kids in Kids Life. They truly are the best. And there's a couple of them in here, I think. Stand on up. Billy, <laughs> Terry, Terry, Terry's like, yeah, I have very humble, humble team. If you'll notice, Terry was serving with the elderly at the care center, and she teaches preschool, three and four-year-olds. She gets the gamut. She does it all. Um, but, and maybe Billy does too. I don't know if you go to the care center and do that ministry or not. But anyway, servants is the point. We have um, a huge, like, rock star nursery team. Corey should have stood up. She's a regular servant in the nursery. Um, Darcy. I don't know if you stood up over here. See, they're all so humble, yeah, which no, I just love. Yeah, I nobody. just love their heart because they're serving. Um, anyway, so Tom Sherman, Kelsey Yule, she's a new teacher this year, which has been such a, such a blessing. Um, she serves with Terry. We have Carol Tucker. She serves with Billy with five-year-olds and kindergartners. Tom Sherman, he's teaching right now. Lindsay and Kylie teach second service, and Jake and Amy teach our Quest Kids first service. And um, so I just want to, Tom has a video to share his heart a little bit about serving in kids' life. Hi, I'm Tom Sherman, and I'd like to share with you this morning um, some of the things that I love about teaching kids' life. So I've been teaching kids' life for a while, and I got a really long list. So I'm, to keep it short, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use four, okay? So here we go. Number one. So I love hanging out with all my young friends on Sunday mornings. So um, my kids' life class is first through third grade, and when you get a room full of first, second, third graders, there's a lot of energy in there. Love it. So number two, um, our kids' life director, Maris, does most of the work. So in the middle of the week, I get an uh, email with the lesson plan, and so all, all I really have to do is familiarize myself with the lesson, uh, pray over it a little, and show up on Sunday mornings. Everything I need for any activities we're going to do, um, if there's a video, it's queued up, ready to go, Class, classroom's ready to go, piece of cake. Love it. Thanks, Maris. Number three. Okay. Um, so every week, the lesson... Uh, even it, so even if we're um, somewhere in the Old Testament, we might be talking about Abraham, we might be talking about Jonah, but every week there's always a connection to Jesus. So every week um, your kids are learning about the gospel of Jesus Christ and hearing about the incredible joy and freedom that's available in a relationship with him. So, so cool. Love it. So number four, it gives me hope. You know, if when I watch the news or see things going on in the world around us, it can be a little discouraging. But parents, let me tell you, you are raising an incredible group of kids. And um, I just firmly believe that God has something incredible in mind for each and every one of them. Um, you know, our kids, they're the future of our church. They're the future of our community. And they're the future of our world. And I just get so much hope from that. Love it. So that's four. And one more thing before I go. We do uh, have some need of a few more Kids Life teachers. And so if any of you think you might be interested in checking that out, seeing what that's about, um, I'd be happy to answer any questions that I can. Or check with Maris. Or if you want to come and hang out for a Sunday in a Kids Life class, you can join me and a bunch of first through third graders and see what it's all about. Love to have you. Thank you. Love his heart. <clears throat> he, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he gets teary when he talks about his kids, and I just love it, love it, love it. Um, he has a big heart, as all of our Kids Life teachers do, to serve kids for all of the reasons that he mentioned. And it is incredibly important to me and to our teachers that, um, as Tom mentioned, that we are 
telling the kids the gospel. That's why we're here. Um, every week, even as we go through, um, we've been going through the Old Testament for well over a year. We're about to hit the New Testament. That'll be a, a fun change. But um, it's called the Gospel Project is the curriculum that we use. And so every week, even as we're weaving through, going through Old Testament in here is the law. Well, this is why we have the law, and this is how it correlates to Jesus. It just shows the kids Jesus all the way through the Bible and um, our need for a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior, and we get to choose to follow him, not because our parents chose to follow him or our grandparents chose to follow him. It's a choice that you make for yourself, and so um, that's the heartbeat of kids' life, and that's what we do, and it is so fun back there. We really do have a lot of fun. Um, there's a few pictures um, that have been shared. <laughs> Nursery, they're all lined up, having look like they just love being in there, don't they? But <clears throat> the other kids, anyway, Bible verses. I have video after video of Tom and all of my teachers doing fun things, but I don't have enough time. Um, as Tom mentioned, we do have a um, need, always, for more teachers, and um, specifically Quest teachers. Now, Quest is our fourth and fifth grade class. Jake and Amy are teaching right now first service. They are due to have a baby here in about two months, and so they're going to take some time off, the sum, like baby and summer off, and, um, <clears throat> and so we will need some subs or someone to step in for them and we would only have quest right now during first service because we don't have enough teachers so we would love to have it second service because what we do with those fourth and fifth grade kids during second service is we put them in with the first through third it's a big wide range first through fifth grade and it's tricky and there's quite a few of them and they're like eh, i'm too cool for this right so we would love to be able to serve our kids at their level and challenge them a little bit more. Um, so if God puts that on your heart, come and chat with me. Just real quick, a few things that um, VBS, well, okay, let's start from the beginning. We did the Easter egg hunt last year. This place was packed with adults and kids. We always share the gospel. There's it's not about the eggs and the candy, which is super fun, but if we don't share the gospel, there's no reason to do an egg hunt. So we bring them in here, we share the gospel in some way, and then out they go to gather their eggs, and nobody goes home, even if you only get one egg, I've got a stash, so we give them more, because nobody goes home empty-handed. The next big outreach that we do um, as Kids Life goes is VBS. Last year, we had over 200 kids attend Zoomerang, which was awesome. We had to have a station outside we, because we just didn't have enough room in the building. So um, on that super cold, rainy day, that got a little tricky. But we made it happen. God is so faithful. Um, here, just a little bit ago, I got my very first BDS worker. She's like, sign me up. I'm, I'm going to, when is it? I'm ready to go. So when is this year is Keepers of the Kingdom, and we're talking about the armor of God and standing truth, standing firm for truth. And so the dates this year are June 12 through 16. So we, it takes an army, an army of people to um, have 200 and some kids here and to have all the stations and all the things. So again, if God puts that on your heart, I would love, love for you to serve. And um, it's in the mornings, 9 to 11.30. And um, we have all sorts of opportunities to serve. And um, this last year we did, just in December, our very first Kids Life Christmas play, which was super cute and fun. I'm so proud of our kids and all of the parents that helped. It was really, really fun. Um, we'll see what God leads for this next year, but it was just a really fun thing to do. And um, let me look at my notes. It's always a good thing. Um, yeah. We appreciate everything, all the support you do. We love you parents, um, and we love your kids. So thanks for trusting us with them. Well, Jeffrey and uh, Angelica Rosart, um, I met them a few years ago, and uh, they've got some family connections with Maris, and uh, she's like, hey, uh, what do you think about supporting them for VBS this year? Uh, and I said, sure, tell me about them. And so they were a young couple um, uh, who, or they, they were fairly newly married at the time. 
And uh, they said they both had a heart for Argentina. Their parents had been doing ministry in the Latin community. And so they said, uh, hey, we want to do that too. And uh, so I got to know them. They're doing street ministry in, uh, um, in Argentina and, uh, with, a, with a ministry called Hoguer Sapuque. And uh, there's kids who just uh, are on the streets. Um, they might have a home, and that home is not usually a good home life. And so they need a little extra care after school or if they even go to school and they come to these after school programs and they, uh, they are educated, but they also learn about Jesus and they're fed. Um, and so they get uh, the real food that they need. They get the, the real water, the living water that they need. And so I was just re really encouraged by them. And so they've become a missionary for ours for like the, the past three years, four years or so. Um, and they're just doing amazing things there. So I'm going to invite you to keep praying for them. But here's a, a quick video from them. Hello, RCC family. How are you all doing? Uh, this is Jeffrey and Angelica Rosart here in northern Argentina. Uh, we're one of you guys' missionaries. We just wanted to say thank you guys so much uh, for your support as a congregation and many, many individual supporters as well. Um, thanks for your part in this ministry. We definitely couldn't uh, be here without you guys, so we sure appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, we're on a short break right now, but we're gearing up to start again and um, take the junior hires that actually they graduated into high school uh, last year, and we're, we always take them on a fun three-day retreat at the beginning of the next year. So we're gearing up to do that. Um, so we're excited about that. You can be praying for that. It's usually a really good time of one-on-one -on -one with the older kids, and um, they'll be starting our high school program this year which is in the afternoon. We'd love prayer for that too, that the high school program is something that we started last year and it's been going well and high schoolers, high schoolers really, really love it. Um, yeah, just pray for more staff too that, that would get involved in that ministry. Um, and we're excited for the rest of the year with all our other kiddos, about 120 of them. And uh, another thing we'd love prayer for is this year, we would really like to start working more with the moms of our kiddos. Um, the moms are just really hungry to learn about God's word and, and just to have someone else come alongside them and talk to them and pray with them and do life with them. So we would love to start up a program for the moms as well. So we'd love prayer for that. Um, we're just so thankful for you guys once again, and we could not be here without you. God bless y'all. All right, yeah, yeah. So those are a, a few of the, the missionaries that we're supporting, and you get to hear a little bit from the team here about what God's been, been doing. Um, would you pray with me? Uh, I want to pray for those missionaries and for the work that God's already doing and for our staff and our teams, for our volunteers. And then I'm going to jump into just a, a few minutes into Matthew chapter 9, okay? Father, thank you so much for uh, our team. Uh, thank you for the, the update from them and what they've been putting their hands to and uh, the, the way that you've been blessing that, God. I pray that you would continue to do that and for the plans that they've got for uh, this upcoming year and, or the year that we're in right now. I pray, God, that you would bring favor on that. Um, and that uh, the things that uh, are of you, God, that you would just bring uh, uh, to fruition and the things that uh, maybe might be of just of us, that you would move those out of the way and help us stay focused on what you have for us. We pray for our missionaries, uh, these three that we got to hear from, but uh, the several others who are around the, around the globe here in our local area, but also across the water. <clears throat> Father, we lift them up to you and we pray um, for the ability to stand firm, uh, to share the truth, of the word of God, to talk about Jesus, to share Jesus, and to point people to Jesus. And we pray, Father, that you would give them favor as well in everything that they put their hands to. Um, and so uh, would you take uh, all of this morning, even to this point right now, um, and just use it for your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you have a Bible, would you open it to Matthew chapter 9? Uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35, and we're going to jump in here real quick. It's like jumping into the middle of a book, right? And you're like, oh, hey, what's going on here? Um, but there's something in here that I want to talk about uh, that I think is a good uh, focus uh, for us this year. Um, up to this point in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus, he's been traveling around uh, the towns and the villages within Galilee, 
He's been uh, preaching and he's been teaching. He's been talking about the good news of the kingdom of, of God. He's been healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness. Um, anybody really that comes to him with a need, he somehow meets that need. And so uh, everywhere he goes, we have this picture of Jesus. Um, with, he's always got people around him. And with the crowds that are around him, they're demanding time from him. They, they are demanding that, that they do something for him. They want to see uh, him do miracles. They want, to, them to, they want him to heal them. They want his, his time. And there aren't really any times where we see in, in the Gospels when Jesus is walking the face of this earth where somebody comes up to him and says, hey, I have this need. And he's like, eh, you know, today's not really the day. Um, come check back with me tomorrow or next week or, or I'll swing back around on the next trip through. Like if somebody comes to him with a need, the, the picture that we have of Jesus is that he meets them in their most dire times. It doesn't matter what their gender is. It doesn't matter what their race is. It doesn't matter what their spiritual background has been up to that point. Jesus tends to have time for people. And when he is, spends time with them, there is remarkable compassion that flows out of Jesus. And we look at that and we're like, man, we're encouraged by it and we're challenged by it at the same time. And so here in Matthew 9, uh, starting in verse 35, we see a picture of this. <clears throat> and Jesus went throughout all the cities. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. He went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And as I was reading that this week, there was a word that pops off the page to me, and it's that word compassion. Um, if you mark in your Bible, would you circle that or highlight it or, or, or somehow make a, a note of it in, in your phone? Um, compassion. Compassion is one of those things that we can open up the dictionary, we can open up an encyclopedia, and we can look to see what, what is, the, what, what is the, the, the textbook definition of, of uh, compassion. And we can get a head knowledge, and we can get a working knowledge of it, but compassion, I think, is better understood when you see it actually being practiced in somebody's life. Would, would you agree with me? Okay, I'm just going to assume that you nodded your head and you said yes. Um, are you familiar with, with a gal named uh, Mother Teresa? Yeah, you'd have to be living under a rock, right, if, if you weren't familiar with that. And if you're afraid, like, we're turning Catholic here, we're not. Um, but Mother Teresa is a fantastic example for us to, to look at here. Um, she was a nun uh, who felt called uh, by God to move out of her hometown um, to go to a place called Calcutta, India. And... God called her to live amongst this group of people who had nothing to give, um, a, a leper colony. She wanted a ministry amongst those who had pushed out, those who um, had nothing uh, to give in return. Um, these were people that nobody wanted to be around. They were people who were sick and diseased. Um, they were people who had been ostracized from the community. These are the people that, had, that, that uh, the normal community had no time for. Yet this is where she was called to go, and she went there because they needed to know about Jesus. And nobody else was going to these people to tell them about Jesus. And so how are they going to know if nobody goes and tells them? And so she said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Now, we look at that, and, and we hear her story, and we're like, we're amazed by that. And we're not the only ones who are amazed by that. That, that was an ongoing thing for her. And so she began to understand that people were holding her in high esteem and they were looking to her and saying things like, wow, what would make you do something like that? What would call you out of your comfort zone to do something like that? Because I can never do, I can never do anything like that. You ever look at the work that somebody else is doing and, and you're just amazed by that? And you're like, gosh, that's awesome for you, but I can never do anything like that. This is what she began to hear as she was doing the ministry that God had called her to. And, and so she would respond to people in, in, in a tone like this. She would say something along these lines. Not all of us can do great things. And what she was saying is not all of us are going to move out of our hometown. We're not going to go all live uh, amongst a leper colony. We're not going to go all do these things that make it, make it into the paper. She said not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with, with great love. You know compassion when you see it. 
You can read about it in the dictionary. You can read about it in the encyclopedia. But when you see it, you know, he said, that's it. That's what Jesus is talking about. This is what it means to embody the compassion of Jesus in our lives. Even the smallest acts of kindness, right? The the smallest acts of love can make a huge difference in the lives of people around us. Now, most of you guys know um, that over the past couple of weeks, um, I've been down with, with back issues. And uh, you know that my wife is about 37 weeks pregnant. And uh, you know that there's not a lot that we've been able to do over the past couple of weeks. And so many of you have called and said, hey, how are you guys doing? So many of you have texted and said, hey, how, how are you guys doing? How can we help? How can we show up? What can we do for you? And, and you know, we tried to be like, oh, no, we're good, we're good. And, and, but people were like, hey, I'm going to bring you food. We had, we had people, like, smoke a, a pork roast or por- a, a a pork shoulder for us and bring it over, which was so stinking good. We had people drop off ice cream at our house because that makes everything better. Um, We had people call and text and say, hey, we're praying for you, uh, hoping that you get better, right? We're so blessed by that. That's compassion, right? That's compassion showing up in somebody's time of need. Y'all showed up for us and we were incredibly blessed by that. When you look at verse 36, you begin to see this come out in the text. When, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The word compassion here, it, it, it means to have a sympathy for somebody else. It means that uh, he looks out at the crowd and there is a pit in, in, in his stomach somewhere and there's something that didn't sit right with him. And the thing that broke his heart and troubled him more than anything else was the fact that there were so many people out in this crowd that he was looking at that did not know who Jesus was, who did not really know who God was, that they were lost. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And there's an immediate pit that begins to form up in Jesus' stomach when he looks out at this crowd, his compassion on them because they're they're lost. I watched a video this week. Guys, uh, sheep without a shepherd can get themselves into so much trouble. Would you agree? Um, you've heard it said that sheep are dumb. I'd say sheep are stupid. They are, I mean, every example of what you're not supposed to do, they are. And then yet they're, they're also the great example of what it looks like to follow as well. I was watching this video this week and I just want to show it to you. You guys have probably seen it, um, but I, I, I was just amazed by it. And let's see what the quality looks like up here. <clears throat> So here's your shepherd. He's got a sheep stuck down here. Pulling him out. Ah, I'm free. Yes. Uh-oh. Ugh. Ugh. That's the life of a sheep. Sheep are dumb. Sheep without a shepherd get themselves into trouble very quickly. And that's what Jesus sees. He looks out at a crowd of people, sheep without a shepherd. And the very next words that come out of his mouth are, are, hey, I want you to go to them. As followers of Jesus Christ to his disciples, he's telling them to go. Look at verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He's talking to these disciples and saying, go, go. There's the need that's in front of you. Don't just stand here. Don't just sit here. Go to them. There are people who need Jesus, but nobody's going. And as Jesus said in this passage, he says, earnestly pray for more laborers. The harvest is there. The harvest is ripe. So let's get laborers out in the field. That's my prayer for us this year, is that that, that we would have more laborers in the field going out to the harvest as followers of Jesus because we've got one job we've got one job and our job is to follow Jesus to follow him into the places that he wants to take us that's it our job is to follow Jesus now uh, let's be honest we can make it a lot more difficult than that can't we putting rules and boundaries on you can do this you can't do that the, the the black and the white and the gray and all those things that we fight about the one job that we have is to follow Jesus That's it, follow him, which means that we're gonna help bring light into the darkness, 
that we're going to help bring hope to those who are hopeless, that we're going to help bring compassion, uh, the compassion of Jesus, where people believe that there's no compassion left for them. It means that we're going to see the need that's in front of us and that we're going to speak the truth into the context, but we're going to speak the truth in love. We are called to have a pit in our stomach for what we see going on around us. We're called to have a pit in our stomach for those who don't know Jesus, who are just jumping straight back into the ditch. We get left, we get picked out, we do a little loop and we jump right back in. We are called to care and to have compassion for those who are falling into the ditch, but it's not easy, especially in a world that has said, you know what, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't, I don't, I, I, a world that just seems so indifferent or hostile to the message of hope that we have in Jesus, right? And so how do we take Jesus and how do we show compassion to people who want nothing to do with him? The people who don't want help. How do we embody a life of compassion in a world that seems so indifferent or at best it might even be hostile to the message of hope that we have in Jesus? How do we do that? Well, it's not usually these huge acts, right? These things that show up into the paper. It's what Mother Teresa said. Not all of us are gonna do great things, but we can do small things with love and I would say with compassion. We're not all gonna, let me get this out. This is gonna, it's perfect. We're not, gonna, not all gonna be great preachers. We're not all gonna be great pastors. We're not gonna speak with eloquence all the time. We're not always, always gonna have the right answers. How many of you have felt so paralyzed about sharing your faith with somebody because you're like, if I can tell them about Jesus, I can tell them that he changed me, but if they ask me any questions, I'm stuck. We don't have to have all the right answers, right? Jesus is the answer. Like, let's just, let, let's get them to Jesus and then let's start walking life around them. We show up, we listen, we enter into their space, we invite them into our space. We sacrifice time in order to make that happen. I was talking with a guy this week and I'm not gonna mention his name because I didn't ask to share the story. Um, gave his life to doing street ministry down in Omaha. Just said, I, I've got time. It's gonna, it's gonna sacrifice from other things, but I've got time. And so he spent years and years just doing ministry alongside of people in the streets. Do you have time in your schedule to show up in space where people need you? Is there a pit in your stomach when you look out at the crowd and say, man, they are lost and helpless. They are like a sheep without a shepherd. Is there a pit in your stomach for people who don't know Jesus? Jesus said, pray. Pray for more laborers out in the field. And if you don't have a pit in your stomach, he's praying for you. He's asking the disciples to pray for you. And that's what we're praying for for this year. So let me ask you, how can we have any other vision than what Matthew 9 has for us here, what Jesus has for us for this year? We wanna look out and wanna see that the fields are ripe for harvest. We wanna, we wanna love people enough to have compassion for them and to show up into their space. And so this year, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask us to focus on, on compassion. That I'm gonna ask us to have a heart for the harvest. I'm gonna ask us to see, to look out in, into the crowd and to see and to care enough about people to follow Jesus into that space, even if it might be uncomfortable. To show and to share the compassion of Jesus. And to that end, what we wanna do is we wanna bring compassion to many people as we can this year um, in our own backyard uh, and around the world. Over the last few years, um, God has done amazing things uh, here at Riverview. Um, there was a huge debt that he used you to pay off for this building and it has been amazing. So I would just give yourselves a round of applause for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Humble people. Um, and so last year or early this year, uh, early last year, we eliminated, uh, God eliminated the, the, the building debt because of you. And the money that we saved uh, in order to pay off the building debt has gone towards mission. And so Lonnie's gonna share about this in just a few minutes, but uh, we are now um, as a church body in our general fund, 10% of our dollars and cents go towards mission. 
which is amazing. It's a, it's a goal that we've been trying to get to. So when you give, it goes, it go, that goes to mission right now. Um, so we started sending 10% out and supporting missionaries, and we've sent out our own missionaries uh, going to the DR in the last couple of years, which has been awesome. We've got another team who's going uh, here in June, and then we're going to have another, an adult team that's going to go in uh, September. Um, and now, uh, one of the things that we've been focusing on, uh, Maris was up here talking about um, kids' life um, and student life. Uh, Eric was talking about student life. Um, there are, uh, our building, okay, so let's just throw this, I think it was kind of smashing up there a little bit. Um, th- yeah, so we are entering into what we would call phase two um, of the Imagine Project. So the Imagine Project was uh, uh, originally to get, get the debt down so that we could begin to dream about what God has for us next. Right now, we're in a pinch where we don't have enough space uh, normally for our kids over here uh, in kids' life. Um, we need more teachers because we have a lot of kids, and we need more space because we have a lot of kids. And so, uh, and for adult learning as well on Sunday mornings, um, we have been dreaming about what that potential space could look like. Uh, and the immediate fix that we see is a phase two um, building uh, option. Uh, that we're going to be including everybody on uh, as we go along. Um, but uh, we have begun to talk about what would it look like to, to, to build onto the back of the building um, and to create more space, more classrooms um, with a basement and a few rooms back there that we can house more, uh, uh, that we can um, lead uh, more kids to Jesus through and have more adult leaders in as well, uh, to do some groups in as well, and to have a student li- an actual student life space um, there as well. Uh, and so we don't know what that's going to look like in the near future, but um, we have already had people who have said, we want to contribute to something like that. We want to be a part of what that looks like. And so over the next few months, um, there will be um, a, a process where we bring you into that loop and to say, hey, this is what that's looking like. Would you be praying for that? Um, Lonnie's going to talk a little bit more, I think, about that in, in a few minutes. Um, but that's, that's, that's uh, the beginning stages uh, of phase two. I wish I had like a picture to show you like, hey, this is what we're dreaming about, but it's, it's on the front end. Um, we just need, we know that there are a lot of kids who still need to hear about Jesus. Um, and we need to have space for them. So we're praying about what that looks like. So I want to invite you to be, um, uh, praying about what that looks like too. Um, so, uh, I don't know if there's a, a, a clear way into this next stage. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, um, that the Lord would lead us into the harvest. Um, and then we're going to begin to start to do our, our actual Meeting. This is going. To, our time together is going to turn into our annual meeting. Okay, you guys with me? Okay, pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, these few minutes that we've had together to just to dive into Matthew nine and to hear your heart for for people um, who don't know you, uh, people who are lost. I pray this year, God, that you would give us a heart full of compassion for those who have yet to to, to hear about Jesus, for those who have been rejecting Jesus and that you would send us out into the, the fields as laborers because the harvest is ripe. You just need people to get there. So would you send us out, give us the ability, give us the willingness, give us the space in our schedules in order uh, to do that. Um, thank you for the ministry that you've given us. It's a privilege for us to be a part of it. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.